16 minutes past eight. The reason why President Trump would be dreading that G7 meeting is nothing to do with the uh, Kim Jong-un summit, but more to do with allies angry with his tariff policy. So maybe Singapore's Sentosa Island will feel like a bit of a holiday for him early next week, but he's still got a huge agenda in front of him. In just four days, he will be face-to-face with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un at the Capella Hotel on that island I just mentioned, the surrounding area, including water stretching more than a kilometre off the island's southwestern shore, has been declared a special zone. Let's find out more about what that means. I guess uh, you won't be able to dock your luxury yacht if you have one anywhere near the zone. Uh, let's connect with local reporter Dawn Tan, deputy foreign editor of the Straits Times, leading the newspaper's coverage of the Singapore summit. Thank you very much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. So, Sentosa Island, is it the the secluded luxury location we're being led to believe? Well, it is indeed. It is a resort island, and it is uh, just south of Singapore's central business district. It's only about 500 meters away from the mainland, linked by a bridge. And it was actually once a British military base. Um, and uh, during World War II, it was, um, there was a Japanese prisoner of war camp there. Uh, but in 1972, the government decided to develop the island into a tourist resort island and named it Sentosa, which means peace and tranquility in Malay. So today, Sentosa has 14 hotels. It has a casino, and it also has a Universal Studios theme park. But 70% of the island is still uh, rainforest cover. And of course, as you said earlier on, some of the Singapore's richest people also live in Sentosa, you know, in their multi-million dollar homes and apartments and, and their private yachts parked in their private berths. Still, though, security is going to be of utmost importance, understandably so. Uh, and Singapore has experience in the past hosting important guests. But this special event area, what does that mean for security? Oh, Well, so the government has gazetted uh, two areas as special event areas, and one is in downtown Singapore, where we believe the two leaders will be staying, Um, and then one is um, Sentosa Island itself, and as you said, the waters around it as well. So this means that people, vehicles, and boats, you know, entering these areas could be subject to stricter checks, such as, you know, bag and body checks, and items such as flags and banners and flammable materials will not be allowed. Um, so you can expect that if you do want to go into Sentosa, you're going to have a hard time getting in there. Yeah, Kim Jong-un uh, has probably never put himself at such risk. This is so different from the last few years where his uh, movements were only ever really reported after the event. And this time... Um, it's all been announced in advance. The only comparable meeting he's had recently would be um, when he came to the inter-Korean border. But that was obviously very closely guarded by its very nature. How, how are the local people responding to this? Um, I think it depends on, on who you talk to. The response would be quite different. So for anyone who's interested in international affairs and foreign policy... I think the fact that the summit is being held right here in Singapore is, is very exciting. And we are witnessing history in the makings up close, you know, front and center. And it's exciting because for a small country like Singapore, and, and there are people out there who don't even know where Singapore is, mm. is now thrust into the international spotlight. 
And of course, for media professionals like us, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event to be able to write about and report a historic event. But if you talk to regular Singaporeans, um, you know, well, some would welcome it because, you know, for the most part of last year, they've seen these two larger-than-live characters take pot shots at each other, and there's a bit of an entertainment factor to it. And now these two gentlemen are actually going to be here. But there are also some people who worry about the disruption this summit will bring to their daily lives. They worry about the city being locked down, restrictions to their movements. You know, they might be late for work or there might be traffic jams. So people are taking to it differently. But businesses have cashed in on it and coming up with special menus, like special Trump and Kim burgers, Trump and Kim cocktails and so on. Yes, I've heard about some of the uh, commemorative moments and events uh, and objects. Uh, but as far as um, the, the scenery is concerned, you mentioned some of the trees and natural beauty there. We recall when President Moon Jae-in met Chairman Kim at the border here, they took a stroll. Yes. Could, could, could we see um, a similar natural stroll involving Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump, do you think? Well, um, I'm not too sure that that is going to happen, and I certainly don't think that they would want to get sand in their shoes, so probably not a walk along the beach. Um, But as Mr. Trump has has said also, you know, that they're not likely to sew everything up in one meeting in one day. You know, the negotiations will probably go on for a long time to come. Um, So I'm not sure that they're going to be on such friendly terms. But having said that, you know, the analysts have have all along said that Mr. Trump, for him, the optics is very important, you know, possibly more so than the substance of the summit itself. So he might just do it for the cameras, you know, and it's a beautiful hotel. They, you know, there's plenty of space for them to walk about. And I understand that they probably um, are going to be bussing some journalists in there, too. Yeah, I, I said a while ago, I wouldn't be surprised at all if President Trump tweets something like great guy about Kim Jong-un, which I mean, the only thing that perhaps would stop him doing that would be consideration of his own domestic audience. And, and domestic audiences are playing a big role for all sides concerned here. What, what about um, the expense of putting up Kim Jong-un? There have been reports that the US is absolutely adamant it won't be doing it, Singapore through officials, seems to be indicating it's prepared to put up some of the cost. Does that include Kim Jong-un's entourage? Um, I don't think there's any certainty to this at this point. You know, the Singapore government isn't saying, um, uh, but even if it does put the bill, you know, it's not surprising because uh, the, um, the Winter Olympics this year in Pyeongchang, South Korea, put aside $2.6 million to pay for a North Korean, you know, cheerleading squad and art troupe and also members of um, the delegation and, and the International Olympic Committee paid for 22 of the North Korean athletes to travel there. So if Singapore picks up the tab as the host country, I don't think it would come as a surprise. Although I know in recent days, at least two groups have come you know, forward and volunteered to pay for Mr. Kim and his entourage. So one of them is the anti-nuclear weapons group, ICANN, and the other is uh, the CEO of hotelplanner.com. So, you know, we'll have to see. 
I know that Singapore's foreign minister has been on the move to the US and now North Korea, I guess, final arrangements and perhaps seeking reassurance that this is all going to go ahead. How much of a disaster would it be for Singapore if for some reason this summit was cancelled at the last minute? Um, disaster. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a disaster. I don't think we would be that pessimistic about it. Well, perhaps I'm being, you know, a, a little bit uh, venturing into the area of hyperbole there. But it would cause tremendous hassle. Let's put it that way. I think life would just go back to normal. You know, if if it does get cancelled, um, it's you know, it obviously would come at a cost to Singapore because we've invested quite a lot into you know, making sure that everything goes smoothly and everything goes according to plan. And obviously, Singapore's reputation is at stake here. Um, But I would imagine that, yes, if it does cancel, then life goes back to normal. Yeah, well, I'm sure it does for those ordinary people you mentioned before. I just, I mean, I'm sure you can sympathise with all your fellow media professionals coming in from all over the world to cover this summit. There's going to be more than 3,000 journalists expected to be there. And uh, they will have had to make arrangements. Um, it, it is so eagerly anticipated. Good luck with your own coverage. Dawn Wei Tan, Deputy Foreign Editor of The Straits Times. Great to have you with us on the line.